Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning with us, carving out a portion of your week to corporately spend time with God. I believe when we come together and worship together, God does something in our lives that he can't do in our lives when we are just alone. And so thanks for taking advantage of the opportunity to be together here. As well, thank you so much for being a serving, loving family of God. I know John mentioned service earlier during the announcement time here, the greeting time. But I just came from our Sandy campus where this week we hosted families who are homeless. And we converted uh, five, six of our rooms down there. And for over the last three months, actually, people have been getting together. We've purchased furniture at Ikea and that, and we've tried to make every room down there feel like home. And just to invite them in and that, and they're with us uh, four times a year for a week and that, and they travel from church to church and get cared for. But I just want to thank you for being a loving community, a serving community, as we house them, as we feed them, as we care for them and their children. And so thank you for your generosity. I love that in you. And so thank you so much. Well, I'm excited to, this morning, continue in our series called Invite, and next week we'll finish it off based on Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And so this morning, I want to start out with, and I want you to think of a moment of time in your life when you were not included, when you were not included. Maybe it was a friend's birthday party years ago when you were younger. Maybe an activity with your siblings, you were left out. A gathering at work. Maybe it was a neighborhood cookout. All the neighbors got together, and you could hear them together. Maybe you weren't picked for the team. Maybe you went to sit at that particular lunch table in the cafeteria with some other individuals, and as you approached, they turned away from you, pushed in the chair, and you got the idea, I'm not included, I'm not welcome. Maybe it's today when you pull up your Instagram account or Facebook and you see everybody else at the big event, but you don't see you. We all know the feeling, the emptiness, the internal questioning of why wasn't I included? Why not me? Why didn't they invite me? And if we're honest, the emotions of being left out is hurtful. I know the feeling. I think even as adults today, at times, we know the feeling. And it was resurrected many times over as I was watching the movie, The Help. The story is set in Jackson, Mississippi in the early 1960s. In this particular scene, Celia Foote, who is just newly married to a man in the community, she's new to the community, is reaching out to make friends, but is continually shunned by her high society peers. Let's watch this clip. You feel it? We've all felt it. The feeling of not being invited, the feeling of 
not being included. And here's the reality. The church today can act a lot like that social group in this scene, where a select number of people decide who is in, and they determine as well who should remain on the outside. And as we continue in our story of Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, we get this strong picture from Jesus that he invites us to do the work of including, to be an includer. In John 4, Jesus engages in conversation with a woman that is obviously not included amidst others. And he asks her for a drink. She's at the well at noon, the hottest part of the day, when no woman goes to the well. And she is alone, which no woman is ever alone at the well in that culture. Women in that culture go to the well early in the morning, when it's cool, or later in the afternoon, after the major heat. They never go alone. They go together for protection. This woman was alone for a reason. She is not included, not welcome. Jesus knows why, and he brings it up. She is an outcast in the community because of her previous life and also because of her current life. Jesus states, you have five husbands, and the man that you are with right now is not your husband. We get a picture of how women like this were treated in that culture. We see that a crowd drags this woman caught in adultery before the religious leaders, before Jesus. And in the text, it says that they made her stood bef- stand before them. And so we get this picture, this strong picture of not being included. She is here. The rest of the religious leaders are over here, and they're all pointing and judging in one direction. And the religious leader says, Jesus, in the law, it states that this woman who's caught in adultery should be stoned to death. What are you going to do about it? Now, what's so interesting about this story is that where is the man caught in adultery? Why isn't he there looking to be stoned? But it gives us this strong picture that it was a man's world. Gives us a strong picture of what this woman was up against. And in the text, it says that Jesus knelt down to the ground, was silent for a moment, and then he made this statement. If any of you is without sin, then pick up a stone and throw it at her. And it's silence. And one at a time, the religious leaders walk away until it's just Jesus and this woman. And he says, where are your accusers? Where are your condemners? And she says, they have left, sir. 
And then he says, neither do I condemn you as well. You are forgiven. But then he shows his concern for her life as a whole and says, but go and sin no more. Go and have a greater life than what you have now. That is my desire for you. Jesus' desire for this woman caught in adultery, Jesus' desire for the woman at the well was to invite them into eternal life, a better life, an eternal life that has to do with, yes, quantity, like forever, but also a life of quality, a better life than what we have now, a transformed life, a life of security, a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of understanding our purpose, a life of our character being transformed, and a life of being included in God's kingdom. As Jesus invited these into eternal life, I believe that he's inviting us to the work of inviting and including others as well. As we pick up the story of Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, starting in verse 27, Jesus moves his attention away from the woman and now starts to interact with his disciples who have come back into the situation. And he wants to communicate to his disciples three truths about inviting and including others into eternal life. The first one is this. God's kingdom work is full of grace. We pick up the story in verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town, said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. You see, Jesus' interaction with this woman gives us this picture that God's kingdom work is full of grace. The disciples were surprised, right, that he was talking to a woman. Why? Because in that culture, as we've talked about in weeks earlier, Jewish men did not interact with women in public. They wouldn't even look another woman in the eye. It was the social norm. But here Jesus goes beyond the social norm and starts and engages this woman, even to asking her for a drink. In that culture, Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans to the Jews were half-breeds, half-Jew, half-Assyrians. They worshiped the wrong God. They believed that the Samaritans were outside of God's blessing, the opportunity for eternal life. And so the disciples were like, what's he, one, talking to a woman, and then secondly, talking to a Samaritan? We don't do that as Jews. But in this, Jesus wanted to portray to them that God's kingdom is full of grace. 
that it extends to women, that it extends to the Samaritans as well. Matter of fact, it extends to everyone. God's kingdom design is not to be exclusive, but inclusive. God's kingdom design is to be inclusive, not exclusive. It's available to everyone, but it's not for everyone. What do I mean by that? God desires us to invite everybody in, to include everybody. But it's not going to be for everybody. Why? Because there's plenty of people that reject Jesus. There's plenty of people that reject his invitation. There's plenty of people that believe that there's just another way or he's just one way or that, and they reject it. But what God is saying here is that, listen, my kingdom is for everybody. It's available. And so at least we want to go and invite and include and ask. And if they want to reject it, it is their choice. But the second truth about inviting here that Jesus wanted to get across to his disciples was God's kingdom work is gratifying, meaning it's satisfying. The text goes on and says this. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. We know in the text earlier that they went to town to get food for them. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? You know, they're kind of like, what? What kind of line is that? And he says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What Jesus is saying here is, listen, doing God's work, his will, by inviting and including is much more gratifying than a good meal, than food. I mean, we love food, right? So he's hitting us in a hard spot, right? I mean, who in here doesn't love food? We love it. It satisfies us, right? We like to choose what food we want to eat. Why? Because we want it to satisfy us. Jesus is stating he loves doing his Father's will. It satisfies him greater than food. I mean, I love a good meal. Probably one of the most fanciest, adventuresome meals we've ever had was down at Travail in Robbinsdale. Our daughters gave us a gift certificate to go there for dinner. 18-course dinner. 18, and I know I'm, you're like, where does he put it, right? You know, but it's not like every course is like this. Every course is like this, you know. It's, but it's like you're going on this journey around the world and all these different dishes and colors and, and styles, and it's like an art piece when it's placed before you and, and the tastes, and it's just an amazing event. And it's three hours. But you know what? After that amazing meal and event was done, it was done. <laughs> it was done. I woke up the next day, and it's done. Uh, what's for breakfast? All right, Cheerios. You know, I'm pretty drastic change here. Relationship with Jesus. For me to invite a person into an eternal relationship with Jesus is satisfying over and over and over again. As I see with my eyes that they have peace because now they have this guarantee of eternal life, this life to the next, like forever, Right? And they have this, this joy and this understanding of this purpose of their lives. 
and that God is for them, not against them. God is with them, not apart from them. And their life is transforming before my eyes. There's nothing more gratifying than being involved in changing the eternal destination of a person's life, which happens in this life. It's awesome. And Jesus, to his disciples, are inviting them in and say, be includers, be inviters. It's gratifying, it's satisfying, it's greater than a good meal. And so Jesus is paying attention to his disciples that have come back. The woman is left, and he's challenging them and saying, listen, God's kingdom work is full of grace. It extends to everybody and anyone. God's kingdom work is gratifying. But lastly, he communicates to them that God's kingdom work is great. There's a lot to do. He continues on and he says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Jesus starts out here by telling them a cultural proverb. He says, still four months until harvest. In that culture of saying, hey, we can sit back, wait four months until it's time to harvest the fields. But Jesus is saying, no, it's not. Like the harvest is already here, it's ready. We gotta get out there and get going. The fields are ripe right now. What he is saying is here, there are many not invited. There are many not included. I mean, if you just look around this room, we can see it in this room, because what do you see in this room? You see empty chairs in this room. We have more space to invite, to include. From what I know, Isani County and beyond have not all been invited into an eternal relationship with Jesus. They have all not accepted his free gift to walk and live with him in this life and for eternity, to be transformed in this life and forever. And that's why on your chairs, there is a Easter card. And I just want you to grab that Easter card and I want you to look at it because this is an invite card. It's a card for you to take and invite somebody else to our Easter service in two weeks. Because most people think, well, hey, I'm going to go to Easter somewhere. And that, so this is a simple invite. Now, some people are like, well, I don't know what to say, and that kind of stuff. Well, we're going to practice what to say right here, up on the screen. All I want you to do is think of a person uh, after we say, hey, and then we'll pause, think of that person, and then we're going to read the rest of this. And then you just invite them to the service you're going to. All right, but let's read this out loud. Hey, blank. My church is having Easter services. Here's the information. I'll be going to the blank service if you want to meet up, right? <laughs> Put a better word in there than blank, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? But uh, that's it. And if, they are, if they're like, hey, dude, it's not my gig, you know, it's like, hey, that's fine. Not a problem. Just wanted you to know you were invited, right? 
And then otherwise you could, uh, you know, you might just say this, the next slide here. Hey, you can hang onto this card in case you want to learn more about, you know, New Hope or change your mind or, hey, if you have any questions before you make a decision, let me know or whatever. But really that interaction, that infight is roughly about 45 seconds. Here it is, you know, hey, not interest. Well, hey, that's right. Just wanted to let you know you were invited. I don't know of anybody in my life who doesn't like to be invited, even if they choose to say no, right? We all love to be invited. And then they just have the option if they want to say yes or if they want to say no. And that's what Jesus was doing with the woman at the well, just giving her the option to say yes or to say no. And I know I've said this before, but you have to realize the truth of it. The only reason I'm standing before you today is that three of my high school friends on my sports teams invited me. They invited me to fellowship of Christian athletes. And I want who Jesus was, what sin was, and that Jesus paid it for me, and that he is offering me eternal life, one of quantity, like forever, but also one of quality. He transformed my life, my identity, who I was. And he's still working on it. But I'm a different person from when I was then or from when I was even five years ago. And he's calling us to be inviters, includers. And so I just want to close our service by sharing a life story of a new hoper who invited and included. And then I want to challenge you as Jesus did after he washed his disciples' feet. He said, go now and do likewise. Let's watch. I met Kim about 10 years ago at our old church. I was working in the nursery and a mom came in and said, I really need daycare for my kids. Um, and I happened to be in there and I took care of her kids. We've stayed in contact through Facebook and just hanging out with one another occasionally. When I started subbing at Cambridge Intermediate School, I ran, in, ran into her and it was just an awesome surprise to see her just joyful smile in the office. And we started talking and her, her husband mentioned to us that they were looking for a church that did Financial Peace University just to kind of get their finances back in order. and. Um, my husband and I mentioned that New Hope did it, and they ended up going through the class, um, and they've been attending ever since. And we really enjoy when they walk in as a family because it just shows that faithful commitment to one another that they are going to hold each other accountable to being at church every Sunday. So, um, with Deanna and Ben, they had introduced to us about Financial Peace University, but we had also been um, searching for a church to start attending, and we've more or less been lost sheep for a couple years. So the whole idea of inviting reminds me of the capital campaign we did a few years ago with the rice and the fact that I can invite one person and if that one person invites one person, the number of people just keeps multiplying. Being that Ben and Deanna invited us to New Hope, it is really a comfort to be able to go into church, which is also your home and feel like you are comfortable and that you are at home. I think that's a big difference for us is we already had this connection and that makes it easier to, um, 
to come into a church where you start making new relationships. To know that she has extended the arm out to us has meant a lot in our relationship as well in reconnecting. And um, we're really excited because we live um, closer to Mora and um, it sounds like the Bram site is going to be um, flourishing. I think it's really important to just remember that at one point we're all lost sheep and some of us still are and just that the factor of just one simple conversation can lead to a family rejoining and refocusing their family on Christ. I really appreciated Ben and Deanna reaching out to us. They know how important um, our relationship with Christ is and how much we needed to reconnect with church um, for us and for our family. The whole idea of New Hope is to reach Isani County and beyond and if we can just do that one person at a time, we're fulfilling the purpose.